Today in Watching Your Wealth, how to teach your children about their trust fund. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, while you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Lisa Osofsky is partner in charge of the private client services group at Wiser Mazars, where she advises wealthy families on tax and estate planning issues. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Veronica. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. So you work with wealthy families, and every family has a different idea on how much they want to tell their children about their wealth, and that includes how much they want to tell their children about their trusts as well. Isn't that right? Absolutely. I mean, every family has different goals, and there's different roles and responsibilities when you put a trust in place for children. So what do the parents want to tell the children, and what do the children want to know? And that varies from family to family. Very much so. So you said in terms of the do's of what we should do to get this process started, uh, you said it all starts with family values. What do you mean by that? Well, every family wants to establish values, and a lot of parents you know, want to lead by example. And so the question is, a lot of parents don't want to disclose the level of family wealth to their children, and they have their own opinions on how much is enough to give or to leave the children. And then on the flip side, the children of significant wealth often know they're wealthy, but they don't necessarily know just how wealthy they are. So bridging that gap is, I think, the challenge that a lot of families face. Mm -hmm. And coming up with the values for the family and the goals and communicating those and having some transparency around those is where the do's and the don'ts really come into play. So how how are some of those things, uh, ways we can communicate those uh, values? And let's get into those do's and don'ts. Yeah, so some of the do's would be, you know, educating the children and establishing those family values. How do you promote fiscal responsibility and accountability? You know, how do you pass that that value or those values onto your children. It's almost like thinking of the family as as a business, you know, and the head of the family or the parents uh, are almost like the CEO where they're setting the example and they're laying out what are the goals for the family, what are the core financial values for the family, and what are the core non-financial values for the family. So when are you doing that? Are you doing this at, you know, quarterly family meetings or is this over the, the breakfast table? Generally, we don't see it over the breakfast table. You want to be a little, probably a little more formal with it. Um, you know, perhaps hold a family meeting. Doesn't necessarily need to be quarterly, but it may be in connection with when trusts are being set up or when parents start to feel that the children understand enough about the family's wealth and have learned how to manage some of that wealth where they feel comfortable sharing some of that information. So it's very customized by family. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of a value, what, what might be a value? For, could it be, for example, you know, this trust fund money is used to do good um, or to further your education, but not to buy a new car? Is, is that what you mean by values? Exactly. That's what a lot, of, a lot of families do is set those goals around, hey, the financial values are this money is set aside if you want to start your own business after you get out out of school or to further your education, as you indicate, or maybe as a down payment, you know, for your first home. So those are more of the financial goals. And then the non-financial would be, hey, as a family, there are certain things that we want to do. We want to give back to the community. We want to support some philanthropic, you know, goals. So maybe if you want to take a trip to help build houses for, you know, Habitat for Humanity, that might be something that's worthwhile and that we would be willing and happy to use those trust funds for. So what does the family as a whole feel that they want to use these monies toward both financially and non-financially? At what age do you start talking to your heirs about the trust fund that they have? We see a lot of parents talking to their children when they are out of college and probably in their early 20s, because Mm -hmm. at that point they've started to have some of their own wealth if they're working and starting to, you know, deal with budgets and deal with money. 
and getting a sense of how to handle money and showing that they can manage some money on their own. So we see that as, a, as an appropriate time to start the discussion about the responsibilities of money and being able to demonstrate that the children can handle that money. Is it usually your sense that the kids are surprised to learn they have a trust fund? Sometimes. Again, it comes back to how wealthy do the kids really know they are. Um, you know, some I've had, have had clients that have set up trusts for their children and the children don't know about the trusts and others where the parents are very transparent and explain, hey, this has been set aside, not because we don't trust you, child, but because we want to protect you from creditors down the road. We want to give you the opportunity to get some professional oversight in managing this wealth. So it's for the benefit of you and the generations to come not just to keep you from having access to things. I think that's an important distinction to make. Um, what about setting up small trusts? Do you think that's a good idea, sort of get like practice? Uh, I know some people do that with donor-advised funds, give them some practice on the donor, a smaller donor-advised fund before they unleash them to the family foundation. Is it sort of a similar principle with this, perhaps? Yeah, that's a great strategy, either a, a trust with smaller amounts of money in it or some small monies outright to give the child to manage for a period of time. And that, that gives the child an opportunity to show that they're able to do that. For example, I have one client that has money set aside in trust, and there's a provision that says she can request up to 10% of the principal each year. Mm -hmm. So what she does each year, she prepares a letter to the trustee saying, here's all the things I've done this year. Here's my budget, how I've stuck to my budget. Here's my credit card balances, which are in check. And here's why I would like to request that distribution. So she advocates for herself, and she comes prepared to the trustee to show that, hey, I've done my homework, and I think I'm ready to handle this next level of wealth. I love that. It makes a lot of sense. We've got like 10 seconds left. Any last tips do you have for people who want to teach their kids about their trust fund? I think you know, communication is going to be the key. The, the reason why the trust was probably set up in the first place is to avoid uncertainty right, and to avoid ambiguity. So being able to help the children understand why the assets are in trust and how they can play a part in the accountability of the whole family's wealth is what can be helpful in, in the discussions amongst both the parents and the children. Great tips. Lisa, I would love for you to stick around and take our financial version of the trust. Are you ready to do that? Absolutely. All right. Nice. Thank you. And you stick around, too. Hi, I'm Paul Vigna. If you do not subscribe to the Money Bee podcast, you are going to feel worse than a short seller on the day of a big rally. Go to iTunes and WSJ.com slash podcasts. You want to sign up for this one. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. Now it's time for accountant Lisa Osofsky to take our fun financial quiz. Lisa, you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's the best financial advice you ever received? Probably the best financial advice I've ever received is don't spend everything you earn now and don't save everything you earn for the future. Try mm. to find a happy medium. Oh, I love that. What's the worst advice you ever heard? Worst advice, probably that, hey, you have to take a lot of risk in order to get a lot of rewards when you're investing. Hmm. Probably the better message is you need to manage a lot of risk when seeking rewards, Very but not necessarily true. take a lot of risks. Very true. Fill in the blank. Money can buy. Money can buy an impactful legacy. Hmm. Nice. I like that. Money can't buy. I think money can't buy pride. It's hmm. not about making the money. It's like what you do with the money that makes you proud. Very good point. If you won a million dollars after tax, what would you do with it? I love that you say after tax. People, <laughs> you know, I was most thinking. people don't think about those taxes coming off the top. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I would probably I'd set aside some for retirement. 
I'd probably set, set aside some for my kids to help kickstart their future and probably use a little bit you know, to go on an exotic vacation or do something fun. So overall, try to find that happy medium. I love it. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening.